Levels, levels. Levels, levels. So did you watch the F1 race last week? You mean the 69 laps of a parade and then the two laps where something interesting happened? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. So I think this was, this might've been two weeks ago. Um, did you see what happened to Chuck at the end? Um, other than he didn't win. Uh, no. <laughs> what is that? No. Well, he got flagged for speeding on pit row. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that happens. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the problem is that was the only time he was the fastest car on the track the entire day. You know, Ferrari knows how to build cars, but I'm starting to suspect their strategy has a problem because it's entirely possible that that was literally their strategy. Go slow. We'll make it up in the pit lane. Hi, toddlers. Welcome to Talking to Todd, weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and Todd Prince, where failure is always an option. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? Okay, so with the third pick, or the pick in the third round, I will... Wait. No, that was Monday. That was Monday. That was Monday. I'm getting confused. Well, that's because we started that call with, hey, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) And one person on the call besides us thought that was funny. We do do handcrafted artisanal jokes for one person at a time. The way they did it in the old country. (laughs) That's right. That's how we roll. (laughs) <laughs> it's this mass produced joke stuff that millions of people find funny. Uh, hey, did you get any feedback this week? Oh, did I? Yes. Oh, there, there is some feedback. Um, okay. Number one. Uh, yes. I didn't realize we, we never. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the um, Dwayne guessed a number. Lisa said, um, have you guys, are you guys sure that needs to be a weekly thing? Like, could that be like an every other week or, you know, maybe occasional? Um, <laughs> they can't all be winners. Yeah. At least one of them should be. So anyway, um, there is a vote for, uh, maybe skipping that, um, some weeks, Make, um, making it a recurring segment. Yeah. Instead of, okay. instead of, yeah. Uh, I can say bad news. Uh, that's not going to be this week. Um, but you know, we'll see about next week. Um, also feedback from the cold open from last week. Um, Lisa pointed out again, she would listen to the other podcast (laughs) and she was very impressed and happy that you even found a theme for it. So, um, yeah, that was, that was good. Yep. And that, uh, that, that covered the, that covered the feedback. So another, another upvote for the other podcast. Uh, it nearly gave Sarah Judson Brown a heart attack. <laughs> and uh, she she made a meme because she thought she wasn't sure whether or not Joe Biden's cold open was better or not. <laughs> <laughs> levels, levels. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. 
Uh, do we need um, do we need a couple of marines standing behind us as we record? Oh, it's audio. Oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> We're good. Uh, she also said that apparently Lisa's experience with the seat switchers, yes, is a tactic that's out there that people do intentionally buy one seat and then that that's first class and buy one seat that's not, mm. and then make the move. He didn't get upgraded. He got that seat, but he wasn't going to pay for two seats. And then they cross their fingers to hope that somebody is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know whether or not that's the case, but uh, it's apparently a thing that's out there that Sarah brought to our attention. So there's part of me that is thinking one, oh, that, hmm, that's interesting. Step two, hmm, when's the next flight that we can try this? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Toddler number one, uh, Amy benched three episodes in one day. Oof. That is, that's not great. That's more than the recommended dosage. Three pieces of feedback. Only three. Oh, for the love of God, go back to sports. This was during the NFT discussion. I believe Lisa provided similar feedback. Um, she didn't say go back to sports. I think she said, find something more interesting, maybe not sports. <laughs> so either way, it was a down vote for the NFT discussion. <laughs> uh, she says, thank you for the footnotes. So more homework for you. Looks like, uh, that is a reference to two episodes ago when there was discussion that we needed to figure out footnotes to explain our jokes. That footnote was a footnote to what we just talked about as to why there is a footnote. (laughs) (laughs) And the episode with the nine minute open after we got done, that was not one of your better ones. I guess they can't all be winners is what she said. I, I didn't even have to tell her. I didn't even have to remind her that they can't all be winners. She was, she was right there. You know, you know, there's something, I mean, I'm just gonna be honest, right? Uh, we knew that there was no way that that was that anybody wanted a nine and a half minute, uh, cold open. Uh, we did it anyway. And everybody told us it was a bad idea, which we already knew, but we went forward. Actually, I'm, I'm feeling very good about this because quite frankly, if somebody said that was awesome, you should do that more often. I would be very concerned. (laughs) That's, that, that's the piece that we've been missing for the last 131 episodes. Yeah. Do that. And be like, one, I thought I knew our audience because we do. And two, oh my goodness, we can't start doing more of that. Let's see. Sherry says the drains are clean and we can now go back to our regular lives. Excellent. Uh, I texted you a picture about Jesse's salad. Oh, yes, yes. Um, uh, apparently, uh, Taylor Farms does bag salad that is available across the nation. Yeah, it's a, a, at the very minimum, it's available in Norwalk, Iowa. Yeah. So I believe your, your comment was, uh, uh, it seems like uh, the Taylor Farms Family Foundation has been holding back some lettuce money on us because uh, <laughs> they, they seem to be a much bigger family farm than we realized. We, um, we could use a little more of that lettuce. That's what I'm saying. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, send some of that lettuce our way. Uh, let's see. Oh, and I, well, I can't possibly read this entire thing. The idiot toddlers. Doug sent feedback. I, I just, I don't, I don't even know where to, I, I just, you know what? Let's leave it with Doug sent feedback. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. There's, when that's he, a lot. When yeah. he sent it to me, he wrote, good luck unpacking that. And off it went. And I went, oh, sweet Lord. There's a note in here about looking to co-sponsor his daughter's international crochet squad. Mm. Mm. Well, here's the thing. I'm just going to say if uh, now that we know that uh, we should be we should be hitting up Taylor Farms uh, Family Foundation for some more lettuce money, we could then use that to then sponsor um we could inter, inter, uh, sponsor the international crochet squad although at crochet squad you had me international concerns me because that seems like that's pretty expensive i mean if you're traveling overseas and you know what the problem is i mean if you're crocheting that means they're having to pay for check luggage because they're not going to let you bring those crochet hooks on the plane right so now you got to pay the 40 dollars or whatever to check the bag so i i, I don't know let's we'll talk to the accountants you need it. We knit it. It's their team slogan. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Are, are we ready for some? Uh, um, actually, are we ready for some of them? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What did you delete? Apparently I can't read the difference between corrections and follow-up. I moved mine from corrections, which it wasn't to follow up, which it is. So it turns out we don't have any. Yes, I do have a correction. I do and have. By the a, way, when are we? When are we recording this for real? Because this this rehearsal is not going great. <laughs> so I'm just. I mean, it's great that we're doing this. When are When are we going to actually turn the turn the microphones on and record this? All right, sorry. Uh, go ahead. You know that leads directly to the um actually that okay. I that I wanted to talk about because when we were talking about the drains last week, you said doesn't Dwayne have 25 to 75 kids at his disposal that he could haul out to. And here's the thing. I tried to figure out how to fix it to make it look like you didn't screw up and there was no salvaging it. Oh, I said your name instead of Greg. Yes. Oh, oh, that's bad then. That's bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you and should, I, you should not have kids at your disposal. That no, is, I know. Everybody a, knows that. Yeah, no, that's a problem. And I was trying to figure out how to fix it, how to edit out that. And there was, there was no salvaging it. So it became content. So I mean, I'm just going to throw this out. I mean, feel free next time in the, just do a voiceover. It, don't even try to sound like me, make it sound like you. And just Greg, Greg. Have a have a follow up. Uh, things that hit our feed. Um. Yeah. So, by the way, um, since the NFT conversation was so uh, <laughs> beloved around around the toddler, uh, the toddlers, um, I thought I'd do more follow up on on this. Um, um, the VMAs had a performance by Eminem and Snoop. Where uh, basically uh, Snoop was smoking uh, weed, smoked so much that Eminem sitting next to him on the couch got high, and the rest of the performance 
was their board ape yacht club figures singing to the song. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> I'm like, when does this become fun? Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. So um, Lisa, Lisa <laughs> told me about this because I'm not watching the VMAs. However, she's like, people were complaining about this. And I looked at it. And I, as soon as I saw the picture, I knew exactly what it was. Why? Because we talked about it on Talking to Todd. So if you want to keep up with the cultural zeitgeist and what's going on in pop culture, this apparently is the podcast for you. Hey, about every three weeks, we try to get you some yay content because <laughs> that's that's where it's at, man. Yeah. How about you? What other uh, follow-up do you have? Uh, I found the scratch two weeks ago. The mm. recording was awful. Yeah. And I was concerned that it was the, uh, what's what do you call the little piece of equipment in the middle of a microphone? The condenser? Uh, uh there's well diaphragm the thing that moves or condenser sure i mean there's multiple pieces well i thought regardless i thought it was a little piece in the middle of the microphone that had broken because i throw it into my bag and i carry it on the plane and i haul it all over the country i thought it was the microphone that had gone bad no it was actually the mouse scratching on the desk <laughs> the entire time <laughs> it was the mouse that's great that's awesome. Do you remember the episode, which leads me to, do you remember the episode of news radio where they're recording a voiceover in the kitchen on a mm. reel to reel tape? I do not. This might've even been in big day. Ooh, big day. It might've even been in the big day episode, but they're recording this. They're recording. Uh, Catherine is recording and Joe Gorelli is running the reel to reel tape and there's some kind of scratching and going on and he just can't get it out and figure out. And it was the label of the Gorelli 5,000 that he had put on the reel to reel tape that was creating <laughs> the scratch. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. Love news radio. Uh, so yeah, the problem was me as it most always is. Uh, and the third item here under follow-up, what if we talked about, well, we talked about Mickey Mantle yes, and his baseball card selling for $12 million 12 and, change. Yep. and change, right? And his salary in aggregate over 18 years was $1.12 million. Yes. He could have, you said he would be better to just. He could have just bought his own lockbox, bought his own yeah. card, put it in a lockbox, and not played baseball. Right. I am. I am here to suggest that he could have bought his own card, put it in a lockbox, and still played baseball. Okay. All right. So, two things. Thanks, Eli. One, I did preface that statement by saying there's a bunch of problems with this i recognize that there's a major flaw with this theory i believe were your words yeah right so i mean i understand right there 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 is gaps in that thing left and right two mine was funnier <laughs> so uh in those 18 years would you be surprised if i were to tell you 
that only one year out of those 18 was Mickey Mantle the highest paid baseball player? It wouldn't surprise me because most years he wasn't even the highest paid player on his own team. Yeah. In 1958, he made $65,000. And in 1959, Willie Mays got a contract that paid him way more than that. And he topped out the most he ever made in a single year was a hundred grand. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He was in most years. He is. He was actually uh Yogi made more money than him at catcher. Not, not that, not that. Hey, boo, boo. Not that one. The other, not one. that Yogi, the, yeah. the other one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yogi would swing at anything that was, you know, thrown between first and third towards the plate. <laughs> Amy's now thinking I asked for more sports and yet I'm not sure this is what I meant. (laughs) And now she's nodding her head. (laughs) Oh, let's see where are. Oh, oh, Hey, is it time? Is it time for, okay. So this is, uh, here's, uh, this is a late breaking. Um, actually. And, and piece of feedback when we were listening to, when Amy was listening to three episodes in a row, we got to the third one of these. Uh, and she said, is it really America's favorite game or is it really Todd's favorite game? <laughs> Regardless. That's right. That sound means it's time for Todd's favorite game. Dwayne, guess a number. Okay, hit me. <clears throat> okay. Uh, last Friday night, Serena Williams played uh, her, what we believe to be her last match of competitive tennis. Um, she lost at the U.S. Open. Lisa and I actually, we had it on. We watched it. I will say this. I, I don't think I've ever seen a tennis match with the crowd as loud as it was. Anyway. Um, Stat the the athletic put out a number of stats explaining like you don't understand how dominant she was during her career and gave all sorts of interesting stats. One of these, and this is not the one I'm going to ask you to. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to pick, uh, but just to give you an idea of the kind of stats. Um, Serena during her playing career beat a player who was born. She beat, I'm going to read this because this doesn't make any sense. She beat a player every year born between 1966 and 2001. So if the the player that she beat, so for, so was born, she, she beat somebody who was born in 1966. She beat somebody who was born in 1967. She beat somebody who was born in 1968. During her career, during her career, somebody who was born born. each year between 1966 and 2001. So anyway, this is how hard this is going to be for you. You're like, okay, I guess that's a thing. Okay, sure. I actually had to go through about six ways to figure out how to make this actually guessable for you. Not really guessable, but I guessable. Okay. So starting in 1991 with the Australian open through Wimbledon, in 2019, there were, including Serena, 37 different winners 
of women's Grand Slam events from 1991 all the way to 2019. Of the 36 other winners, how many of those do you believe that, that Serena defeated at some point in her career? Of those 36 women who won at least one Grand Slam title in a nearly 30-year time span? 35? You were so close. Of the 36 winners of Grand Slam events in that nearly 30-year period, she beat 36 of them. (laughs) That was almost too obvious. I'm like, she couldn't possibly have beaten all of them. Surely one of them retired before she had the, who knows, right? No, she beat all 36 of them at some point in her career. Wow. Now, as a bonus round for you, and do I get the hope? Do I do I get the twenty percent? You know what? I'm feeling. You know what? I'm feeling like sure. You yeah, feeling no, generous? I, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I haven't won in like three weeks. I'm due. Yeah. I'm just making sure the bell still works. To be honest, okay. but that's okay. <laughs> okay, here's your bonus point of those thirty six. Okay. Yeah, how many of those had a winning record? against Serena in their head-to-head matchups in their entire career. I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum and say zero. <clears throat> it's a full Eli. <laughs> oh, t- <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Eli. The only people who had winning records against Serena, who had also won, are Sanchez Vicario and uh, Naomi Osaka. I know so, one of those two names. Um, Arantxas Sanchez Vicario, back from like when we were in high school. Yeah. Anyway, so so Serena had. Oh yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, her. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So so Did Serena get in, in here. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. So just in head-to-head matchups, here's Serena had winning records against Monica Sellis, four to one. Mary Pierce, five to one. Martina Hingis, seven, six. Lindsay Davenport, 10, four. Jennifer Capriotti, 10, seven. Uh, Venus Williams, uh, 19, 12. Maria Sharapova, 20 to two. <laughs> to be fair, Maria wasn't exactly there for the tennis, but okay. <laughs> um, Steffi Graf, <clears throat> it was one, one. So uh, in English soccer, they both get a point. Um, anyway, there you go. Um, turns out Serena was really, really good against really, really good players. Did you read the article about Margaret Court that was in The Athletic? I saw a headline and I read the headline and nothing about that headline made me want to read the article. I read about a third of the article to understand why Margaret Court is not being paid attention to. Okay. And if we go into it, we're going to need to put the we're, we're going to need to press the pause button and go have this discussion on the other podcast. So, but there's a really there's a really in depth story on the athletic about why Margaret Court feels that she is not no longer getting the accolades due to her. I didn't realize that the other podcast was missing a sports section, but apparently 
<laughs> we now we now got content. Oh, well, that was fun. Nice. That's a good, that's a good contribution. Nice nice job this week. Good job. We'll see if it comes back next week or not. <laughs> uh, we had a suggestion for I don't know if we have time to squeeze this in. Um, we had a suggestion for content. Okay. When Jake and Jake and Nicole came over for dinner the other night, and we were talking about a variety of things, including American Underdog, which we have covered on this podcast. America's favorite movie? No. Here's the thing. If Dwayne gets the numbers, America's favorite game, American Underdog could be America's favorite movie. I mean, it's the same, whatever. So the suggestion was made, much like the McElroy brothers watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 every year and record their commentary. Yeah. They think we should watch American Underdog together and record our commentary. Now, we have tried this before for other things, and it did not go well. But we've also tried this for presidential debates, and it went pretty well. Yes, yes. That would mean you would have to watch this movie a second time. Oh, I don't know that there's enough lettuce money in the world for me to do that. And here's the problem. In order for this to really work, the, I, I think I know how to solve the problem. The technical problems I can solve. Don't worry. Um, you, By the way, you are going to have to buy an Apple TV. That will solve this problem. It creates some other problems, but we'll take them one step at a time. The, the secondary problem is you and I both, in order to do this, either... Oh, or we just do it uh, the morning of Lindsay's wedding and we call it good. We could do that. But I don't want to give the producers you and me both having to buy or rent this movie. Yeah. Well, why would we give them $10 when we could only give them five? And when we do this, uh, if it gets rented, it needs to be under somebody else's profile, not yours and not mine, because I don't want that in there. We should find out where you can watch it for free because there's no reason to contribute otherwise. Because here's the other problem compounding that. If somebody wants to then watch it and listen to our commentary, then they would then also have to rent it. Yeah. That, that, that just, That's no good. That just encourages this kind of piss poor movie making. Let me, let me dial that back a second. The movie making wasn't piss poor. The fact checking, the the detail, yes, the the fact checking and, and the detail management, the lady, you're two hours away, get in the car, that kind of thing. Yes, the suspension. I I just sorry. Wow, did I get wound up really quick? <laughs> that escalated really quickly. Boy, do I hate this movie. <laughs> This is giving me another, this, this is giving me an idea though. Like, so all of the stuff when I'm, when we, and, and again, I like the show. I like the series uh, for all mankind, but there are some significant problems they have with stuff. It's fine. And I let it go. I think I mentioned it took me till season three where I just blurted out that would never I held it in that long, but it's like, wait, instead of holding all of this in, why don't we just watch this stuff? And then I can just go nuts. <laughs> By the way, I have some follow-up in, uh, I, this may also come to pass when we talk about what we've been watching. Cause I have some thoughts. 
Okay, uh, we'll take that under advisement. Okay. We might do this. Hey, speaking speaking of idiots, it's I think it's time for idiot of the week. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> so, um this also falls under follow-up. Uh when we talked about uh when when Lindsay and I went to the Crystal Palace match uh back in March uh or April, uh we talked about uh there were Leeds United fans and they Dwayne, Dwayne, what is it that they <laughs> what is it that they were chanting? We are Leeds United and we will pee where we want. Yes. Now those were the Leeds United fans. Um earlier this week or late last week in the FA cup, which is a competition with all football clubs in England, no matter the, the, as long as you're in the top four tiers, you get to compete and anybody has a shot at winning. Um, even, even Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. So in the 76th minute, Blackfield and Langley FC's goalkeeper, Connor Massico, he had a call of nature and this isn't, this isn't a huge stadium. So on the, on the edge of the pitch, there is a hedge. <laughs> so while the match was taking place at the other end of the field of the pitch, he walked over to the hedge <laughs> and answered the call of nature. Now the referee looks up and thinks, what is this guy doing? And he realizes what this guy's doing. And then he got a red card <laughs> and was kicked out of the game. Shouldn't yes. Have, shouldn't it have been a yellow card? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's clearly a yellow card. <laughs> Unless he needs to go see a doctor. <laughs> right. Then, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he got kicked or punched in the kidney on a corner kick, then it might have been a red card. Otherwise, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, Hydrate, the, man. The The co-manager of Blackfield and Langley, Connor McCarthy, afterwards said, sometimes when you have to go, you have to go. And he uh, he did not agree with the red card. Quote, he protected himself. He was inside the hedge. Sometimes when you have to go, you have to go. I was gobsmacked. I didn't expect that. The red card. We're all pretty shocked by the decision. So anyway, I would say I was going to say that the goalkeeper was the idiot. But again, dude, if anything is a yellow card, it's this offense. So we're going to give the referee the the, the idiot of the week. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, OK, so who are we nominating in this scenario? But OK, you 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 close you close the deal. Yeah. you OK, good. <clears throat> um the funny thing is is that that match ended in a tie so the two teams have to replay each other an entire match <laughs> so the official blackfield and langley's official uh twitter account <laughs> tweeted to say that they hoped they would get quote plenty of toilet breaks on route <laughs> and they were also looking for a match sponsor urging plumbers or portaloo companies <laughs> to take advantage of the opportunity there you go how about you what have you got for idiots uh, so I brought three again. Um, now last by the, week, by the way, Lisa thinks this is cheating and I'm like, he doesn't really, she's, it's cheating. And I'm like, I, I only make one nomination. You yep. choose which one we're going to talk about. We yep. only talk about one. 
I, I found a very, very. Found a loophole. I did. Until the rules committee meets again. Okay. What do we got? Okay. So I got two weeks The uh, to keep doing this. Story number one, Indiana fans. Okay. Story, no- story number two, Scott Frost. Story number three, Dream Soda. And when I did this last week, and one of the options was Scott Frost, Amy is sitting on the other side of the car. Oh, do Scott Frost. Do Scott Frost. Do Scott Frost. Do Scott Frost. Ooh, 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 do Scott Frost. Like, uh, no, because Todd already does Scott Frost. So bad news. Good news and bad news. Yes, you're going to get your Scott Frost content, but no, you're not going to get it from me. So. Well, okay. I was going to pick Dream Soda, but. Oh, then, no, 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 no. No, go with. Go okay. with Dream Soda. All right, Dream Soda. Okay. So uh, my buddy Zach. All right, that is a Coca-Cola bottle. Um, it's a different label. It's blue. Um, it is Dream World Limited Edition Coca-Cola. And it is dream flavored. <laughs> what, what, where did they get the dreams to flavor that? What? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've heard, I've heard of nightmare fuel, right? Yes. This is, we flavored it with your dreams. Wait, what? <laughs> My nomination is the marketing department at Coke. I don't know where the hell they came up with this. Zach tried it so that we don't have to. He said it tastes like mango and pineapple together. That's my decision. And I, I said, so is that good? He said, it's not bad. I said, that's not an endorsement. <laughs> but uh, bar, bar's a little low there for Coca-Cola. <laughs> well, it didn't make me throw up. So <laughs> he thought that perhaps um, if he put it in a glass with a bunch of Malibu rum and an orange slice and a cherry and a little paper umbrella. Supposed to be on vacation. Little umbrella. <clears throat> there's that. And there's the Oliver Platt scene where he smashes the tape recorder for our Aaron Sorkin content of the week, which we haven't done in quite a while. Do you remember that scene? Hold on just a second. <clears throat> the little paper umbrellas refers to John Larroquette's character as the White House general counsel saying that he should be on a beach somewhere with a drink, with little umbrellas. That is the footnote for that. <clears throat> Please continue. And then Oliver Platt smashes the tape recorder, also in the same office, on the same desk. Because Martin Sheen has come to tell him that he was covering up this illness during the <laughs> entire campaign. And Oliver Platt had this tape recorder. That would record inappropriately. And that's not just not something you can have in the White House counsel's office. And so he smashed it with a gavel. <laughs> oh, Dwayne has just explained that footnote. <laughs> Two of my absolute favorite West Wing scenes. Oh, my God. Uh, where were we? Little. Oh, I went down a rabbit hole with little paper umbrellas. Yes. Anyhow. So Zach suggested the Malibu rum and whatnot. And I said, you know, if you put enough alcohol in anything, you can make it taste good. 
I'm just wondering what happens if you take that and you mix it with uh, monkey shoulders, lazy old fashioned. <laughs> no, no, there is nothing. There is nothing you can put in fire. You could put fire in monkey shoulder, lazy old fashioned, and it might improve it. Maybe. Nope. <laughs> Uh, so yes, my nomination is the marketing department at Coca-Cola. I think you win. Although we're keeping scar, but whatever. <laughs> what are you watching this week? All right, let's see. We finished. Um, we finished season two of Only Murders in the Building. Ah. The next night, Lisa said, "I'm ready for season three. I said, "I don't think they've shot it yet, so it might be a long wait." Um, good show. Good. Good show. Now three of the four of us have finished it. I am the lone holdout. Okay. <laughs> um, on Disney Plus, we started watching a docu series um, called ILM, which talks about uh, industrial light and magic. So uh, they're talking about the history of how ILM developed. It's episode one is uh, George Lucas is making Star Wars and has come up with a bunch of ideas that nobody knows how to do. So a bunch of people call up their friends and are given some money and start inventing technology. <laughs> None of them knew what they were doing exactly. And they created star Wars. Um, very interesting. Um, there's multiple episodes. I don't know. Yeah. This, we, we got through like 50 minutes of the first hour long. And Lisa's like, is this more than one show? Because they're kind of focused on six months right now. Um, <clears throat> I will, uh, I will point out cause I saw this, um, I saw this through, uh, the media critic on sports illustrated, uh, pointed out that now that college football is back, uh, on Monday nights on the Scott Van Pelt show, uh, they, they're back to doing bad beats as a segment with him and Stanford Steve. Oh. And what I will say is, um, Lisa doesn't agree. She thinks she, she, I, I think it's one of the funniest things on TV. She completely disagrees and she's probably right. However, um, they go back through, especially college football for the previous week and break down all of the people who thought they were going to win a bet right until the end of the game. And then catastrophe happens and you've now lost your bet. Um, if you watch this enough, you will never bet on college football. And this last week they pointed out, they basically said, here is, you should never bet on Hawaii football ever, ever, um, because they find ways of breaking, uh, breaking your heart, uh, at three o'clock in the morning. Anyway, that's on final one that we watched. We finally got around to watching Maverick. We never went to the, we, we never, we never went to the movie theater. So we had to wait until they put it for sale. And so we, we finally watched Maverick. It's really important that when you put that in the rundown, that you put Top Gun colon Maverick. Because I'm thinking James Gardner. Who's a tall, dark stranger there? Maverick was his name. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Top Gun Maverick. We finally watched that. So how was it? Well. <clears throat> Did it live up to the hype? I'm going to. I'm uh, I'm going to make an answer and then I'm going to pause and then we're going to move on to my secondary answer. The answer to your question is it is a very good and fun movie. Period. Now, <clears throat> let's move on a little bit. Two things. One. Each scene Lisa keeps going. So they're just using the old script. <laughs> <laughs> uh kind of. Yeah. yeah. But number 2. 
there were some significant, similar to For All Mankind, there are some amazingly massive plot holes in this thing around what the military does and does not do and all of this stuff. But here's the thing. I'm watching the movie and you know what? I'm just letting them go. I'm letting them go, right? They throw out lines like there was an option available that this movie never even had to be made that the military could just use. Like you never even have the movie. You just hit a button and you don't even have the movie. But that doesn't make the money. So I let all of that go. Then afterwards, I watched some of the extras because we bought it through Apple, watched some of the Mm -hmm. extras. I wanted to see how they filmed all of this stuff. And they had two of those things that were just, I mean, they were talking about, I mean, Tom was talking about how this had to be realistic and this wasn't going to be CGI. This had to be practical and how they literally, they literally took the actors and he put them through a six month boot camp where they got trained as partially as naval aviators. They went through training. Most of the scenes of the actors, they are in the backseat of an FA-18 Super Hornet with a Navy pilot flying. And the acting, as one of them said, when you're pulling six Gs, you don't have to do a lot of acting. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's cool. And every every single person was like, Tom wanted this perfect. Like Tom said it had to be, like Tom came in and he and everything had to be perfect. And Tom's like, the details had to be down to the last... And the more I'm watching this, I'm more like, so Tom got to play with Navy jets for six months where everything had to be perfect. And then I go back to the seven or eight or 30 massive plot holes that have nothing to do with reality that Tom just glosses over to make the movie. And I'm like, I was fine. I was fine with it right until the point where we, I watched eight minute video of 15 people telling me how much of a perfectionist Tom Cruise is that everything had to be realistic and perfect and believable. And then I got angry with the flying period period. Yes. So anyway, this is a movie. This is a movie. Yeah. Better movie? than the first one. Better than the first one. Yeah, I mean, very good, very entertaining. Yep. You, you know what you're getting. Yep. Very. It's a very good movie. It's very interesting behind the scenes documentaries. I would suggest don't watch the two of them together. Watch one or the other, but don't watch them both. Anyway, um, it was fine. It was great. Actually, enjoyable. How about you? What are you watching? Uh, not a whole lot. I, I really don't have a whole lot of time to do much of anything anymore. Uh, but Seth Meyers is back after being on hiatus for a month. So, uh, I'm watching a closer look again, finally three times a week. And Seth has had a lot of catching up to do after being off for a month. Did I miss anything? Anything happened? He's like, we went on vacation and two days later, the FBI raid happened. And I'm like, really? Anyway, yeah. So Seth, Seth is back. I'm sure we've watched other things. I started watching Ted Lasso again. Hmm. Because, you know, why not? Why not? Season, season three is coming here at some point. I figure I need to. Should be out this fall, I believe. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of a goldfish. I don't exactly remember what I did before. So that's always a good thing. 
Says the guy who was just delivering verbatim lines from the West Wing earlier in the podcast. Oh, yeah, that show that was on in 2001. I know the actor. I know the scene. I know I know it was a gavel, not a baseball bat. I know it exactly down to the line. Chandler Arquette was a cricket bat. Yes, it was. Post hoc ergo proctor hoc. 12 lawyers in the room. Nobody knows post hoc ergo proctor hoc. Oh. Now is the time to go write your memoirs. Well, I can still remember the. <laughs> no. Uh, where? Oh, where were we? Do you want me to start this way? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I've gotten to the point where, and this is under the headline car dealers suck. We've got, I've gotten, to, I've gotten to the point I've driven this honda accord coupe for three and a half years now um and really like it but it's not it's great for two people and you can't haul a whole lot in it but it's only got forty thousand miles on it it's a 2016 and i decided you know what it's i it's as it's as valuable as it's going to get right now right yep. low miles it's in great shape. I'll take it to the dealer, trade it in, find something else that's a little more conducive. Have you thought about a pickup truck? No, anyway, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> you know, interesting you say that. I've been looking at Honda Ridgelines. Oh, yeah. Pickup in quotes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it has a bed. Yeah. It can... It can tow 5,000 pounds. Can your ranger do that? Hey, hey, don't mess with my truck. <laughs> my truck has a towing capacity of 7,500 pounds. <laughs> oh, okay. So you can tow a little bit more than I can um, with a Honda Ridgeline. Because I found a Honda Ridgeline at the local dealership. And uh, actually, there was a 2022 that was just coming off the line that they were going to ship in. But I still hadn't driven one and wanted to drive one. We don't have, well, we've got a, we've got a 2021 edition sitting on the lot that just got traded in. You can drive it before this other one comes in in late September. I'm like, okay, sure. So I go over, I drive that. I'm like, why would I not just buy this one? Hey, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) This one's for sale now. This one's for sale, right? It's only got 10,000 miles on it as a 2021. So the certified Honda stuff extends the powertrain all the way to a hundred thousand miles and all of this kind of stuff. And it's got all the, it's got, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Like, you know, it doesn't have running boards and, you know, roller bars and all this stuff that I don't Yeah. Yeah. But you, you don't, you, you, you want to put, you want to, you want to put your own aftermarket stuff on to make it your own. You don't want, you don't want the stock. You gotta, you gotta go out and buy your own anyway. Right. So this one didn't have any of that which it had the bells and whistles I wanted, not all of them. And so I'm like, okay, well, I think I want this one. So I talked to the bank. I didn't use Honda's financing. I went and talked to my own bank and, you know, back and forth and whatnot. While I was test driving, the dealer was evaluating my trade-in. And I knew beforehand going in what I, what I thought the value of that trade was and what I needed to have out of it, which can be two different things, right? Yes. They offered me 
$5,000 below what I thought I really wanted and $3,000 below what CarMax would give me for it and $2,000 below the bottom of the Kelly Blue Book number. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> oh, Eli works there? Yeah. Wow. Eli works at the dealership. How about that? And I said, okay, well, I um, I think I can do better than that. I think I can go over to CarMax and sell it for blah, blah, blah. And they said, okay, well, you know, whatever. So I went over to CarMax. I got a sheet. I sent them back a text saying, hey, CarMax will give me blah, blah, blah. And they said, wow, if you can get blah, blah, blah for that, that's a really good deal. Why don't you go do that? Like, fine. I did. Went over to CarMax. So for, um, I don't make $1,500 an hour very often, <laughs> but for about two hours worth of my time, I made $3,000 more than the dealership was going to give me for this car on my trade-in. And so I know I've got a pretty good idea of what my time's worth. And generally it's not $3,000. So, uh, did that and came home with a truck on Friday night. And I now have a Honda Ridgeline. In my garage. This is a this this podcast is now a hundred percent truck based. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's you know what? If we get rid of, if we get rid of Dwayne, guess the number. We can just we can have fifteen solid minutes of just truck owners talking about their trucks. What uh, what those tires you got on there? Is that the off roads or uh, what, kind of what kind of lift kit are you planning on doing there with that? Dad and I went to the Royals game. We took it. Drove to Kansas City and back last night to go to the Royals game. I kid you not, a minimum of five times, my father said, wow, this thing rides nice. <laughs> not making it up. Welcome welcome to the world of truck ownership. There it is. Because dad owns a truck. He doesn't drive it very often. He doesn't drive it out of town because you can't trust it. But I was going to say, slightly older, slightly fewer bells and slightly fewer whistles. <laughs> Oh no, it still whistles because it's got holes in the in the floorboard. In the yeah, floorboard, so right it whistles through as you drive yeah, it. Yeah. Oh yeah, plenty yeah. of whistles. Yeah. Plenty of whistles. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I the car dealer lowballing me was. I guess I, I didn't really learn that. I knew that, but I learned that at least I I can you know manage my time to be more valuable. How about you? What did you learn this week? So today, or actually yesterday afternoon. We we finally got the solar system turned on. Hey, yes. And this morning, the guy came over, ran some tests, and basically said, "You're good." And uh, yes, well, he did that yesterday afternoon, and then I was waiting for him to do it again this morning. He just had to run some tests, so I've had a, I've had a whole day, a whole day just running. Uh, and that, that noise was Dwayne making the motion of taking an electrical handle and moving it into the on position. Sorry, please continue. Now the solar system is a bunch of panels on a roof that we never see. There's, there's a couple of boxes on the side of our house that we almost never see with the, we have two meters now. And there's now five more boxes of stuff in my garage that I see, but there's no blinking lights or not. I mean, it just, there is nothing to tell you that the solar is that we have it and that it's running except for the app that goes on your phone. Ooh. 
Now, when the salesperson was here, he showed us the app because the dealer, the, the installers can monitor our system. So he could literally pull up, they can pull up my system as well. And if there's a problem with it, it will let them, it lets the manufacturer, it lets the dealer and lets me know. And he showed me the app and I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's pretty nice. At least it's like, Todd's just gonna, he's just gonna be staring at the app the entire time. And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of, but nah, not really. Okay, fine. And then our solar system got turned on and I spent all day today staring at this app. <laughs> How much electricity did you generate today? Not totally clear. Cause I still don't understand all of these numbers. <laughs> Although. Are we going to have to have Ward on again? Ward, no, can you I, explain my app? I, I believe according to this for, since it started at midnight, According to this, our solar panels have produced 61.7 on the Reddit solar board, which is a great place. Very handy. People are very nice. There's somebody on there that doesn't like it referred to as kilowatt hours because watts are already an hour measurement because it's volt. And anyway, but the utilities refer to as kilowatt hours. Sorry, Did, I hurt my eyes rolling them into the back of my head there. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, excellent. Just shut up, dude. Um, according to my app so far today and yeah, we've produced 61.7 kilowatt hours of power and we've only pulled 30.9 kilowatt hours from the grid. So 53, 50, well, and so we've exported some and so some's gone out and kind of cool. That is the number. That's a winner. <laughs> you're producing more than you're using. You're winning. Yes. So, so the app, the app shows you kind of what's going on all day. It's got a nice, it's got a nice, uh, I don't know if you can, it, it's got a nice line graph that shows how oh. much you're producing versus how much you're using. It's a nice little hump there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm assuming um, that's a good thing given the number you were talking about. Yes. Yeah. You also have a picture, you also have your array and it shows you all of your panels and tells you how much each panel has produced throughout the day. So you can see if one panel is underperforming or if there's a problem or whatever. But the ridiculous one is when you hit live status and it connects to your gateway, it literally tells you up to the, like it, it's checking every second. Currently right now, we're producing 0.2 kilowatts from the solar. And then there's this animated thing that shows how much we're using and how much we're pulling from the grid and which direction all the power is flowing. What gets hypnotic about this is in the middle of the day, we're producing a lot of power. And then as soon as the air conditioning kicks on, I see the number move. And now suddenly we're not sending as much out. Then, then I'm like, I wonder how much that is. So between meetings today, I've literally been taking notes of, oh, all right. Air conditioner kicked on. That's about 4.2 kilowatts. Then it's like, huh, wonder what else is running. Oh, hey, that mini split thing that we put in the garage. Yeah. I'm going to go turn that off. Oh, 1.8, 2.2. Okay. Oh, the pool pump is running. When that shuts up, this is bad. This is really bad because... Lisa's Lisa's headed out of town for a week <laughs> and she's very afraid that I'm going to go around turning on and off individual lights while she's gone, unplugging a fridge, 
plugging it back in. And the problem is she's like, you're going to do that. And I can't honestly tell her that I'm not. <laughs> hey, Todd, what are you watching? I'm watching my solar app. I don't watch anything else for a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how to subscribe to the premium version of this app. <laughs> solar plus. <laughs> The music is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. You can subscribe to Talking to Todd wherever you get your pods. Just search Talking in the number two. No G, no space. You can tweet us on Facebook. You can check out our award-winning merch on Zazzle. You can leave us a voicemail at 515-ALSO-CPA. You can stop by and see us at the Tube City Home Office. Please don't do that. A couple of weeks ago, I forgot to say please don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, and you can check out our newly cleaned Naperville drains. So they are awesome thanks to our listeners and our sponsors toddler 3187 taylor farms family foundation and their lettuce and dj to go cedar valley your five-star dj service in the cedar valley and as always you can send us your feedback to feedback at talking even though no one does that todd when you're talking about your buddy that uh, tried the dream flavored Coca-Cola, he said it tasted like mangoes and pineapple. That's what he wrote. It's weird because if it was, I was more thinking, get the, get the dream, open it up, take a big swig. Hey, Tom, what's it taste like? <clears throat> Pretty, uh, I'm getting a real big astronaut uh, note with a little bit of Bronco season ticket holder and a little bit of pilot license. If I'm honest, that's, that's weirdly specific. <laughs> that's, that's incredibly specific. <laughs> How did they do that? <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, Hey, next week we can break down my dreams. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're already broken. <laughs> what time does the uh, Bears game kick? Sorry. <laughs> oh, speaking of broken dreams. Oh, sweet lord. Uh, we will be back next week. We're here. We're talking to Todd. Footnotes are a lot like endnotes, which are used in similar ways. The difference is that endnotes appear all together at the end of the text instead of separately on each page. This gives your text a less cluttered appearance, but can also be inconvenience for readers. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs>